Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Eddie McDook. Yeah. I'm joined as always by John DeBrand Sheeran, Dr. Roger Dector Gasmoji. Yeah. And finally, we have Bridget the HR Jankars back in the I'm house. Back. Welcome back. It was not the same without you. No. Well, I'm yeah, sure you guys lost loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we'll celebrate some other people's losses. Yes, we will do that, but we're also going to celebrate some other people's wins because the Cincinnati Bengals recently overcame or ended a 30-year playoff win drought. Yeah. And now the Detroit Lions ended a 32-year playoff win drought. And so as Bengals fans, a lot of us are living viciously or, or vigorously or uh, viagrously close through close. so close nope. through vicariously right through the detroit lions and we are reveling in their the, you know their the, the the relief of having getting that big you know playoff you recently purchased a thesaurus yes i did yeah. and to celebrate that we have a very special guest, and then we have two more very special guests, and we're going to bring them on very shortly. But before we get to that, I just want to cover some quick Bengals news, John. Mm-hmm. First of all, Dan Pitcher, yeah. interviewing with the Saints to be the offensive coordinator. What do you think happens there? Well, that's exactly what's going on, or what happened last year, right? He had the Buccaneers reached out to him. I think the Baltimore Ravens were also interested in hiring him as their offensive coordinator. So the Bengals went out and offered him a raise and an implied future promotion to become the Bengals offense coordinator. Whenever Brian Callahan moves on to become a head coach, Brian Callahan is interviewing for like four different head coaching vacancies right now. So the Bengals are in a weird spot because they could lose their offense coordinator. They could lose their quarterbacks coach to two different teams and they're going to have to replace both of them potentially, or Brian Callahan gets hired as a head coach somewhere. could be the Panthers, could be the Titans, could be any one of these teams that interviewed him. And then Brian Callahan gets approached by the Bengals to say, Hey, don't go to the don't go to New Orleans. Don't go to Derek Carr. Run this offense that you've been with for the past eight nine years. So it's all about timing and how these two moves are going to kind of uh, interact with one another. But yeah, pitchers still getting interest from from other teams right now. Well, Callahan has a second interview. That's a big deal, John. With who? With the Titans. Yeah, just a few oh, hours yeah. ago. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think Bengals and fans why, would be very why upset. Why is that a big deal? Why is that a big deal? Because, you know, you have the first one, it's just like, you know, what is your name? What is your address? The second one is like, what do you do? What yeah. is your What's job? What's your favorite color? Right. John, here's the question. Would Bengals fans or would the offense even suffer if they lost Callahan? No. No? I mean, I don't think it would just be like nothing ever happened. I, I remember very vividly what happened when Hugh Jackson left. And then Ken Zampisi took over as a play caller. Now, obviously, it's different because Zach Taylor's calling the plays, but no one has a greater influence outside of Zach Taylor than Brian Callahan in terms of what goes on within the offense. So it's going to be a huge. But do we period. like what's going on with the offense? That's my question. I, I, I think for the most part, it's good. You you may feel more negative about that because you'd like to blame Zach Taylor for every single problem on the Bengals. But I think what's in place is a good foundation. Now, I think fresh new voices aren't necessarily a bad thing. But if you're replacing two of the integral components into what 
constructs the offense, like that's going to be an adjustment period for the entire coaching staff John, for the offense in general. John, let me interject here and ask a question. And I'm making a statement by asking this question. When in the history of Zach Taylor's coaching have we replaced an assistant coach or some kind of like coordinating coach or something coordinator and not gotten someone better? And I say that despite the fact that I think Brian Callahan is great. I love him. I think he's essential to the team. But anybody we get is going to be better. Because that's just I, how I, the Bengals work. That's just how Zach Taylor works. Off I, offensive line got better. Kind of, I guess. They, they, they couldn't get worse, necessarily. I think the Bengals, offense could, the Bengals offense can't get worse. I feel like that's the, that's the point that maybe Daddy and some other people are missing here. Yeah, so. John. Next no, question. I think they're going to get someone great. I think the Bengals, if they lose Brian, they're going to get the next hot shot. Somehow the Bengals are like the Midas touch. Anybody we bring, they turn great. John. Next, next question. question. Bill Belichick says he wants to go to an underachieving but talented team. A lot of people think that's describing the Dallas Cowboys, when in reality he's probably describing the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you think no. it's true that he intends on taking Zach Taylor's job? Go. I don't know how. You're adding two plus three equals fish there. I don't really know what the calculus is there. Um, he's he's apparently the favorite to become the Atlanta Falcons head coach. And that's a more apt description of talented and underachieving because they've spent a lot of picks on offense in the past few years. And they've gotten like six, seven, eight wins a year out of that offense because, I mean, their quarterback is frankly just not very good. Pains me to say is a UC grab, but Des Ritter is probably not it. So. You know, I, I don't know if that is that's necessarily the fit. Bill Belichick well, but with the Bill Belichick point, knows he can't win without the Brady, and he has his second Brady in Joe okay, Burrow. Okay, point. That is what he is implying. Point, when he says talented, point, he means quarterback. Yeah, point, like counterpoint. So, if the counterpoint, the counterpoint goes like this: Bill Belichick yes, for the Bill Belichick for the past, I would say ten, maybe fifteen years. A guy has had a hankering for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, his whole. His whole agenda, he's been spying on our team. He's been complimenting our wide receivers. Yes. You remember his obsession, his obsession with A.J. Green. And now and Joe he Mixon knows, and, yeah. and Joe Mixon, and he spied on our team, even when we were winning zero games. And he knows that the only way he wins is with the next Tom Brady. And the next Tom Brady is only is Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow. And so John. it is a fact. Two we, plus three does equal fish. Bill, we, Bill Belichick <laughs> might make sense if they needed a head coach. They don't. Thank you. We Thank like you, John. Our so we have just breaking on the show. John. We like our sleeves too much in Cincinnati. Okay. If I, if I Let could. Let this be. Okay, me. If I might, we, Bridget. If I might Bridget, I'm sorry. Add, if I might just yeah. add one more thing. Daddy has asked us to use hashtags, hashtags. to get greater engagement right. with the show. So when we yeah, yeah. Belichick and, Bengals rumors. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. So I mean right. we also got to talk, I think, about NFL Cincinnati uh, quarterback uh, NFL. J you say NFL, yeah, yeah. NFL Cincinnati okay. quarterback, Jake Browning, girlfriend onesie, OnlyFans. And yes. think about what happens to him next right. year. Right. Look, here's the thing. We have a lot of guests. They are waiting for us. Very important guests. And the first one I want to bring on, a lot of, lot of you saw, I'm sure that you saw that on down. the TV. I'm sure you saw on TV, there was the oldest uh, person in the, in the world, happens to be a Lions fan. This man right here. He is, is 100 Prince Philip? 189 years old. He's been the Lions season ticket holder for 66 years. And a lot of people are saying, wow, wow, look at this guy. But guess what we have on the show? We have a man who's an even bigger Lions fan. Not as long. Not as long. But and I don't. Close. But he invested his money wisely instead of spending it on season tickets. But watched from home more 
um, vigorously, if you will, he watched the games and experienced the game. But that doesn't even work here. It doesn't. But I want to welcome Mr. Yeah, Ken, father of Bridget Jankars. Father of Bridget. Hello. <laughs> welcome to the show. What does this win mean for you? Because a lot of people are saying they dedicated it to Ken Jankars and the other <laughs> old school Lions fans. Well, I doubt there's too much dedication to me, but I, the, I think what it means is it's just it's the the culmination, the end of frustration for so yes. many years. I mean, we're talking 32 years. You know, I unfortunately go back a lot farther than that, and I can tell you so many almost when we had, we always ended up seeming like one player short, going back to the 62, 63, and all these games I want. We were the shorter quarterback or we were shorter running back. We just didn't have all of it. The closest we came was probably in the mid nineties, but we had everything but a quarterback. So to put, to, and I, I have, or a coach, and I will tell you that I give tons of credit to Dan Campbell for being able to bring in, and Brad Holmes, bring in the players, yes. bring in the right position coaches, the coordinators. You were talking about Brian Callahan. You look at Ben Johnson for the Lions. He's one of the most sought after coordinators for head coaching vacancies right now, but and to build a team like he did and then bring it to fruition and win that playoff game was electric. It was, it was just probably the same way that the, the Bengals fans felt yeah. when Joe Burrow won the playoff game. It took him to that, that win in Kansas City, take him to the Super Bowl, but it felt so good. And I just really believe, and I hope this doesn't jinx the whole thing, that the Lions have a lot more yet this year. I, I oh, think yeah. they've met. They match up well against Tampa Bay. I know they beat them soundly earlier in the year, but they only, I think, got 40 yards rushing in that game or something like that. But I, I think they're they're playing much better as is Tampa. So I think they have a really good chance to, to, to get a victory this coming weekend, and then we'll see what happens after that. But uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting time, finally, well, finally Mr. Jankos, to be a Lions Mr. fan. It is. And Mr. Jankars, we want to give you a very special gift today. Bridget, we asked her. The gift of love. Who your favorite player of all time is. And it's none other than number what? What is his number? Tell us. Number 20. Number 27. And we no. have him on the show. We oh, have Glover, him. Glover yes, he's one there of, we go. He's one, yes. of my, one of my favorites wow. too. There we go. <laughs> He's right here on the show. Your dream has come true. You probably almost gave my dad a heart attack. He was probably like, did you all find Barry Sanders and yeah. get him to come on this ridiculous puppet show? You were close. <laughs> but I like, loved Glover Quinn too, though. So. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yes, he Listen, Glover, thank you so much for being on the show. Let me just introduce for the fans who don't know. This man, okay... But he there's, there's was two, two guys now. The, yeah. Oh, Jack. Thank you, Jack, for being on the show too. But let me let me just interest the oh, other wow. man first. Jack. He, he Jack, does this to me to as the well. Rest of our lives, just every day. I can't grow a mustache like that to keep you disrespected <laughs> off of that right there. He I was the two thousand. There's an old. There's an old Japanese <laughs> saying that you can't have two mustaches in one room, and I think that's what's happening here. Is we have mustache, mustache. Oh, kind he's of like, threatened. Like two positive magnets. Can I just read my intro here, please? 2010, Week 12, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Wow. This man was the Good Guy Award 2019 winner. Media good guy? Good guy. Me media good guy. 
All right. He was uh, he was he beat the Bengals back to back seasons in the wild card round when he was part of the Texans. Yes, 2011-2012. And he was one of the top 100, one of the top 100 NFL players in 2015. This man has had a decorated career, and it has culminated with him being on this show. And Mr. Quinn. Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's another guy. His name's Jack, <laughs> and he's here. Jack. He's got the Let mustache. me just read his stats. Jack, in 2021, he came on the show with Jerry Ball, and we had a great time. We love Jack. He's got he a was, cat? Yes. <laughs> and the show. I do. I do have a cat. Yes. Okay, so guys, we, this is a Lions podcast all of a sudden, but it's okay. We love – We look, we had to get Bridget back on the show, and these were her terms. She said – you better, you better bring in the big guns. And so we have done that. Now, let's talk ball here, okay? Yeah, let's talk. We have the Lions versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Baker Mayfield, with all of that sass, all of that attitude, he very, let's be honest, he could wake up on Saturday or Sunday, whenever the game is, feeling dangerous. And he could ruin all of your dreams. What, what is your, Mr. Quinn, what is your biggest concern about facing Baker Mayfield? Um... I don't know if I have a real concern about facing Baker Mayfield. My biggest concern would probably be the Lions being able to come back and put together another good performance and and not get complacent because they had a big win. I think that's my biggest thing. I think if they prepare the way they're supposed to prepare, play, be ready to go, I think they'll be fine. So it's not that I'm – discrediting Baker Mayfield, but I'm putting more pressure on the Lions to 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 not overlook them and to prepare, show up, and be just as ready to go as they were for last game, even though that was a bigger game with the Rams and Matthew Stafford and all that stuff. But just being, you know, a mature team that can come back from that performance and do it again. Glover, I, I feel like. For you. Oh, please go ahead, Bridget. So, uh, I think the Lions' probably biggest weakest link is the secondary. Letting some of those explosive plays, as a Bengals fan or as a Bengals podcast, we're very aware of what happens when your secondary is a little weak and you allow a ton of explosive plays. What do you think is going to be key for the secondary and being able to stop Baker Mayfield? And you know, Mike Evans is a phenomenal receiver. What do you think is going to be the key? I think it's definitely going to have to be the D-line getting pressure on Baker Mayfield because obviously we've seen Mike Evans. He can still run past guys. He ran past guys in his last game. I know he dropped a couple of deep passes, but, um, I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. So he's one of those guys that Baker's going to continue to go to and give him opportunities on those deep balls. And he's he's made a career out of catching those. So that definitely concerns me. And then Chris Godwin seemed to be healthy. Um, making plays underneath. And then they had these two younger guys that were just making plays, the fast, speedy guys. Um, so, yeah, that's very concerning. But I know one thing that helps with that is the D-line getting pressure on, pressure on Baker Mayfield, <clears throat> being able to stop the run game, and then offensively putting up points to where they have to get out of their run game and turn into a straight passing game. And hopefully we can, you know, let our D-line get loose and get some pressure on Baker Mayfield and get some turnovers at home. Well, okay, you're talking defense. What about offense? Do you no. think Jared Goff has it? I mean, we look, we've seen him take advantage of 
you know, of, of, of defenses when everything's going okay. Yeah. But can he, when the, when the team needs him to, carry the team to victory in the playoffs? And uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to give my opinion. I, I think Jack has a, a really good take on this one as well. I, I think, you know, Jared Goff is, is a really good quarterback. He's obviously the number one overall draft pick. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won big games. I mean, he won a shootout on Monday Night Football, I think, against Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's done big things. So I think, you know, he has the ability. And the one thing I know about the NFL is a lot of it is confidence. Jared Goff went through a stretch during the season where he didn't play well for about four or five games in a row. And I think his confidence got low. But he, the, the role that he plays for that team, he was forced to have to continue to lead and continue to show up. And they stuck behind him. And he worked his way out of that slump. And now he's playing at a high level. And his confidence is sky high. You know, he faced off against Matthew Stafford back at home, a Lions legend. And he got the win. And he's the guy that they're talking about in Detroit right now. He's the guy that they're putting on Mount Rushmore for quarterbacks right now. So his confidence is high. I think he's going to show up and play great. I, I think he can get the job done. Jack, please. Absolutely. I think Jared Goff can get the job done. I don't know if you could hear it on the live broadcast, but every time we went to commercial break, because we got quiet when they were calling the plays and everything, but commercial break, the whole stadium chants, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. And the city just so believes in what Jared Goff can do for this team, for this city. The team believes in Jared Goff. And as Dan Campbell kind of put it, the struggles came but they still wanted Jared Goff to sling it. They didn't put the training wheels back on. They said, hey, Jared, the only guy who's going to get out of this slump is you. Sling it, cut it loose, and Jared Goff has done exactly that. Box score can be a little bit misleading. He throw, completes over 80% of his passes. Only one touchdown, and that's because they run it at the goal line. Another yard, and it would have been a three-touchdown game from Jared Goff. He has it, and he's the future of the Lions. That, no matter what you think, He's wow, the that's crazy. Okay, I want to hear from a man who has watched Barry Sanders, who's watched Calvin Johnson, who's watched these greats. Where where does Jared Goff rank? Better than Barry Sanders? The same? Oh where God. is he in, in, in Lions lore? Where do you rank him? Well, first off, I think it's not fair to compare anyone to Barry Sanders. I mean, Agreed. the man is the most unbelievable thing in the world. But I will tell you that I think Jared Goff probably – ranks up there in, in the top three of quarterbacks that I've ever seen play for the Lions in, in all these years. I think the key with, in my mind, just as a fan and watching with Jared Goff, and if you look at some of the stats, one of the things, his completion rate goes way down when he's pressured. So yeah. I think that there's two things there. Number one is the offensive line, which they have about the best in the NFL, has to protect them. But number two, I think they've really got to run the ball this time. They Tampa Bay shut them down. They got a great run defense. And I think I said that earlier, they only had like 40 yards. But you get some some decent runs and start getting some yards on the ground. It opens up that play action game. And that's where Jared Goff excels. And so you freeze those linebackers and you can make the quick throws out to Amon, Amon Rossi Brown or, or uh, Sam Laporte or something like that. So, but. Again, I think Jared Goff, I mean, as far as his poise and presence and his accuracy when he has time to throw the ball, rates right up there 
uh, along with uh, uh, Matthew Stafford. And those are really about the two, unless you go back to the days of Bobby Lane and Tobin wrote back in the 50s. Yeah, yeah we're not big no. Matthew Stafford fans. <laughs> On this podcast, we no, are uh, not, and Twitter well, really hated me. On uh, was it Saturday? So whatever night the Lions played for my Matthew Stafford hate. I, I so I grew up in Michigan. Obviously, you can tell I was raised by like at the feet of the Lions with the most devout of Lions fans, and I didn't like Matthew Stafford when he played for the Lions, and I certainly don't like him now. Um, that he beat my my Bengals and what should have been our first Lombardi. But that man, my so-called father, I believe in the home my, in my childhood home, there is not only a signed Matthew Stafford helmet right behind oh. his head. There is also a signed Joe Montana Notre Dame helmet right behind him. So Ouch. this this fine man has decided to just take all this quarterbacks who've decided to beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl and create a shrine to them in my childhood home. So it's trash. It's trash and I don't like it. I have a lot to talk to my therapist about. I just want to make my one retort here for that uh, terrible, illogical, illogical statement. But anyways, Matthew Stafford, as far as, you know, being able to sling the ball and throw has one of the best irons the NFL has for a long time and does now. But you look at the, at the dedication of that guy in his rookie year, he, I forget, it was either he separated or, or broke his collar bone or separated his shoulder. Literally was in, was, was screaming in pain when he went off the yeah. field. Yeah. Came back in and said, I can throw and threw a touchdown pass or a pass to win the game. When yeah. you got a guy that's got that kind of dedication, you well, can't tell me he doesn't win well, over not just the well, fans, the locker room, the other players, and everyone with to that. To be fair, so. that's why his arm was so strong. Have you seen the, the documentary Rookie of the Year? There was a baseball player who broke his arm, came back, he had a super strong arm. Became a sling. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mr. Jenkins, we got to say, I mean, he, he didn't use that arm when, when that poor lady fell off the stage. No, no, he turned away. He, he, turned he, away. he, he waved goodbye. That Listen. arm could be used for better things. Okay, I got a question. Look, for, look. Wait, I, got, yeah. I, got a question I got a question for yeah. our guests, for our Lions fans guests. Let's do it. I'm into rivalries. I'm into heat. I'm into dirt. I want to know the anger that's between these two teams. Lions and Bucks, and like the insults, uh, the the thing that happened between uh, Baker Mayfield and, and Gardner, CJ Gardner Johnson, like how real is that? Is there really anger, or is this just like b- when those Rocky movies before the, the before the fight when they pretend to be angry? What's going on? What's the what's the temperature? Well, CJ is going to talk no matter what. And so what happened is he's talking about, he's asked about the Bucks last week and he says something about Russell Gage who hasn't played for the Bucks this year. And so Baker decides it's a good idea to quit back and say, oh, he's not watching film if he doesn't know Russell Gage wasn't on the film this year. Didn't and play if, one snap. Didn't play one snap. And of course, CD has to bring up the Tom Brady tablet smashing that he caused. And so, well, and let's just say, he said, if they had a good quarterback... this team would be great. So that's a direct insult to poor Baker. Baker's been through a lot. People have been saying he's not got it for years. And I think that's why he's actually got a lot of fans. He's the true underdog. Right, right. Yes, I I did forget that part. But then, yes, Baker fires back with the uh, need to watch more film. And Glover, is it ever a good idea to tell a defensive back to watch more film when you're about to play them? Glover. And no, this this whole thing is, uh, you know, 
It's all bad. Speak your man. heart, Grover. He's it's he's so above it. He has no words for it. Yeah, you're so <laughs> diplomatic. We brought I mean, you here just, so you could say some I trash mean, talk. I mean, I mean, it's nonsense. I mean, from both sides, in my opinion, like why is Baker entertaining that for one? And what is CJ talking? Who is Russell Gage? I've never even heard of him. Has he ever played a snap? Did he play for Tampa last year? I don't know. Like, Tom, they had Tom Brady. Like, who is this guy? So, I mean, that could go back to I, – I don't know. I don't know the history between Baker and CJ. I, I, I don't really know. But I think all of it is nonsense. And it's just – I don't think the Lions have any hate for Tampa. They don't play each other enough. They haven't played in the big games against each other. They're not in the same div- division. That's right. Yeah, I mean – it's just another game, but it just happens but to they, be a playoff game. Yeah. It's a playoff game, and it's a big game, but there's no, you know, it'd be different if this was Green Bay, who they could potentially play if they if both teams win, or if this was, a, you know, a team that, like, if they played Dallas, you know, it may be some type of hate because there's history there. I don't know any history that the Lions have with Tampa. Well, the Lions, I'm going to be frank with you here. The Lions don't have a lot of history with a lot of people because they've been under, they've been ignored for the past right, but, few years. A lot. Right. But when you talk about hate, you don't have to be uh, winning Super Bowls to have a uh, hatred. I mean, we no. don't like the Bears. Yeah. We beat the Bears every, every game almost. We don't like they, the Browns and yeah, they haven't you done know, much. It's not. You don't have to be at that level to have a hatred with True. a team. So... I, I don't know where the hatred with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come from with the Detroit Lions. I mean, we're in the north. They're down in Florida. Like, do they hate? We don't hate on them, I guess, for their weather. I don't think they hate on us. Cause we I was going like, to say, I don't know. Glover, I was going to say, I think the weather might be a part of it. I couldn't imagine well, two places no. more different. You've got the temperate climb of Tampa. Imagine sipping a virgin margarita, you know, listening to Jimmy Buffett. And then on the other hand, you've got me digging out a, an old, you know, Ford out of the snow is what I imagine Detroit being like, never been there, but I'm imagining Detroit is a very snowy, icy place from the pictures. No, Mr. John Pass, ignore him. Jack, well, just like the reporter that asked Todd Bowles if he was getting his players ready for the 13-degree temperature, and Todd said, you know we'll be playing a dome, right? So it was a, a dome for 50 <laughs> years. <laughs> that was pretty well, hilarious. but yeah, Okay, Mr. Mr. Quinn, I want, to, I want to, if it's okay, not talk about Lions. And I want to talk about the rest of the NFL playoffs with you. Let's do it. And with Jack. And with Mr. Jan Cars. So, okay. first of all. And John and Bridget. Yes. Oh, he, first he of all, who us. is, well, look, first of all, who do you think are the biggest frauds? We saw two frauds last week. We saw the Cowboys. Yeah. Right? We saw them get utterly embarrassed. Yes. Pulverized. The, the Steelers, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NFL were big time frauds. Yeah. Right. We, you, yeah, agree. I, you can't even I mean, call them a fraud, though. Yeah, they didn't the belong. They didn't belong. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Frogs. Like they, they, that's they, literally they, the definition of a fraud. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so who are the remaining frauds right now? I mean, I, at at this point, I don't know if the second round of the playoffs there are any frauds. I think you get rid of those guys in the first round. The only team that would be considered a fraud would be if the San Francisco 49ers lose 
or if the Baltimore Ravens lose because I think the Texans winning that, that, that playoff game in the fashion that they did show that they are a good football team. I think the Packers going to Green Bay and winning the way they did show that they are a good football team. I think Tampa winning at home against, you know, a, a Philadelphia team that's obviously spiraling out of control. You know, they played well, though. You can't take anything away from how they played defensively. And you can't take anything away from how they played offensively. And then you look at the Lions game against the Rams, probably one of the better games of the weekend. The storyline was big. The stage was big. And the Lions stepped up on that stage and performed well on prime time against the Rams team. And so I don't think any of these teams now are frauds. Well, well, you didn't you didn't mention one team, the other number one seed, the Baltimore Ravens, who Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson has disappointed every single playoff series. Mm. He he he's Tyler Huntley in his one playoff game had a better game than Lamar Jackson did in his four. You just watched Do you think do you think right. this is the time that Lamar Jackson finally delivers in the playoffs? That, that, that's what I said. The only two teams could be the 49ers or the Ravens because they haven't played and they're the number one seeds. And I think the Ravens, I, I I think they they have been playing well. Now I'm not a huge fan of of their journey because I do believe that a lot of times when it's when you're playing really, 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 really great towards the end of the year, like you look at the Cowboys, they were playing pretty good at the end of the year. You look at it's sometimes you have that game in the playoffs where you went off for two weeks. The the Texans played last week, they get a big win, they come in confident, they jump out on you 14-0, and it's hard to fight your way back in the playoffs. So that could definitely happen. But I think this could be the year where Lamar gets those guys over the hump and win this first playoff game and then get a home game against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and could possibly take those guys all the way. Their defense is really good. They play really well on defense. Um, they got two great linebackers, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. The secondary is solid. The D-line is good. Jadavion Clowney had a big-time year. So I think defensively, they're really good, and Lamar seems to be at a mature enough level right now where I think he can – They it's going to be a good game, but I think the Ravens will clip the Texans. Um, so I don't think they'll be seen as frauds, but if they lose that game, they'll definitely be the biggest frauds in the entire playoffs. I think it'll be bigger than even Dallas. Yeah, well, you're not giving me the headline that I want, so let me try one more thing, okay? Who Who – do you think is the future Jordan Love or CJ Stroud? Well, I, I think you know when you say who is the future, yeah. to me, is is difficult because those guys are in two different conferences. They don't even play each other, so Jordan Love can be the Aaron Rodgers. And CJ Stroud can be the Tom Brady, and both so they're of those both the guys future. The okay, okay. Next question: Who, who, who? who I've, I've never seen Daddy Amita's match like this. Okay. This is who amazing. Is, who is, is exposed? Is, this, is, this is a Vander Holyfield okay. and Mike Tyson. This is the. This is it. All right, hold on, hold on. Okay, we have Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has never won a real road playoff game. If you count the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, if you count the Tampa Bay Bucks Super Bowl as a real role playoff game, well, he looked terrible in that. So, if this is his first or second role playoff game and he loses, 
how much of a fraud does he look like? You know, I, I think I think it looks like, you know, he, he's very successful in Arrowhead Stadium, even throughout the regular season. That's why they've been able to get home field advantage. They've won a lot of games at home, and not, they've had different teams that have been able to win on the road. But I definitely think that puts a hit on him because his, his success has come at home. Yes, he's won a Super Bowl on the road, but he hasn't played well on the road. He didn't play well on the road throughout the season. So I definitely think if he goes to Buffalo and doesn't play well, and I mean he doesn't play well. I didn't say the team. You can look at this at the game and say, hey, Patrick Mahomes is not really playing well. And you can look at the TV and say, Patrick Mahomes is really playing well. His team is just not catching the ball or they're not executing. If he doesn't play well, I definitely think there will be some talk about him in the playoffs and his performance on the road for sure. Okay, yeah, on the flip side, the hold on. Yeah, on the flip the side, on the flip side, if Josh Allen loses again in the yeah. divisional round, again, how much of a fraud is Josh Allen? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's a fraud. I think he's just part of the Buffalo Bills curse. It's just That's right. his history repeating itself in a different form. I mean, you know, Josh Allen has to get over this hump. You know, they've done all these things, and I, and I think when you start, when you like you said, what comes about, about frauds. If Josh Allen doesn't get it done, if Lamar doesn't get it done, I think nobody really takes those guys serious in the regular season for the rest of their time. And it's only based on what they do in the playoffs. And until they get it done in the playoffs, I think they'll all just be looked at as good regular season quarterbacks. I think really that's what you will have. Yes, Patrick Mahomes has got it done in the playoffs, but really only at home. So it's a lot of storylines going on right there with these with these next quarterbacks. Questions could be answered this week. If if Josh Allen wins, that's a big win for him to get his team to a championship game. Lamar Jackson needs to win to get get the playoff monkey off his back. And Patrick Mahomes needs to win. The only one of these quarterbacks in the AFC that doesn't really have anything is C.J. Stroud, and he's the rookie that's playing with house money. So he's not even supposed to be here right now. Yeah. So I think C.J. Stroud may go into Baltimore and turn it loose. So it'll be a, uh, some good games to see. I love that. And I, as a token – yeah. Just the, something about Josh Allen. What I think is really interesting, right, is they he played a TJ Wattless Steelers defense. And Josh Allen is usually good for a pick or two. His ball security is a little meh. We got to see him be really, really strong with his legs, right? Was, was it 42, 52 yards on that one touchdown? I'm not, and what I noticed was that there was this kind of re-elevation of Josh Allen as just one of the best, and he certainly is. That He's a top-time quarterback, but, you know, I feel like there there's some of these people, Josh Herbert in the past we've heard about, Josh Herbert hasn't delivered, I know he's been hurt, but, you know, I, I will be curious to see Josh Allen with the Kansas City defense, because it's just, it, he was playing a team that like, really their number one playmaker was out and he was uh, made to look like a stud. We've got a team that's certainly having some offensive issues. Defense is it's not bad. Um, so I'll be curious what they can do to shut Josh Allen down because I don't think, and I know it's, you know, the next level of the playoffs, but I, I don't think we're necessarily comparing apples to apples with these two teams. That was a good shot. Thank you for the headline, Bridget. Now, 
As a token of my appreciation for Mr. Quinn's amazing analysis and probably like three or four headlines, I want to look. Let me just let me just uh, share something. I don't know if you guys know, but Mr. Quinn is a philanthropist and a businessman. Yeah. He has worked with the United Way in Southeast Michigan and reading books and giving out water bottles in Flint and with Hurricane Harvey. And he, I read that he invests 70% of his salary, only spent 30%, and 10 to 12% he spends on up-and-coming businesses. Now, here's the thing. You are in the right place for up-and-coming businesses because I have a proposal for you, Mr. Oh, Quinn. So... Here's the thing. You're a football player, right? You have the gloves, right? But you want to stay locked in all the time. But you have a love life. You have a family. So what do you do? You have to take the gloves off. What if there is a way where you didn't have to take the gloves off? Yeah. Introducing Glovers. Now, these are gloves that they, they, look like, they look like hands. They have all of the advantages of football gloves, but no one will ever know. And as you can see, Glover's on the beach. You can see that you can wear these anywhere that you go. And they also, you can, look, you can wear them in the, the most romantic of places. And uh, even at your wedding. So my endless glove, there you go. So this is my, uh, my proposal to you. We go 50-50. We go you, you invest about you know, $10 million venture capital. Hand in hand, glove in glove. Show your love. Bye. With the my, only, my my question about the gloves is yes. So football gloves are kind of like sticky, grippy. So yes, these are two. The these are you two. Can catch yeah. flies so, with them. So that so then how does that work in the romantic? Just you know, I don't think that you can't use your hands. You can't use your hands. You can just show your hands. Oh man! Oh man! Or, or you use the backs of your hands. These that's gloves tough. look like they were stolen that's off the tough. Silence of the Lambs film set. Like these are absolutely hideous. Well, there's only one. There's only one problem was that I didn't know how to pronounce your name before we started the show, and I developed this product, and I realized it's actually Glover. Uh, oh, sorry, it's Glover. It's Glover, oh. like like from yeah. Sesame Street. Yeah, so no. that no, that's Grover. That's Grover. That's Grover. Okay, yeah. but but now I know how to pronounce your name, so I'm going to develop a whole new product, and we will be in touch. Am I right Pre to say that? Oh, yeah. Okay, don't come up with right. the feet version of the gloves because that would be gross. <laughs> Did you just pitch us a product that no longer exists? Uh. Well, if you want, look, Mr. Quinn, are you in? Can we do this? Say no. Say no. Run. Run. Oh man! I mean, I think you got to come with something better than the gloves. Well, I have a better product. It's actually it's it's called Body Juice. I tried to get Adam Pacman Jones to uh, sign up. It is it is it is taken from the actual sweat of human beings and it replenishes all of the minerals that you lose when you sweat because you're literally uh, drinking a sweat. What do you uh, think? No, it's it's uh, literally made in sweatshops. Uh, yes. Uh, Are you down? Uh, Can we do this? Always I, ask this question: Who's sweat? I can't. I can't jump on board with that one. All right, Jack. Well, well, Jack, so. Jack, you in? I, I think I'm gonna have to pass on uh, the l drinking sweat. Okay. Right. Well, I think we covered everything. I wanted to thank all of you, we covered Mr. Too much. Quinn, Mr. Jan Cars, Mr. Kavanaugh, Jack Kavanaugh, one of the the great friends of the show. I want to thank you all for being on the show. And you can check out their podcast, the Believe in Lions podcast. 
available wherever you find your podcasts. You can check out our podcast. Why what, not? What, what, what yeah. should people put in the comments? They should put in the comments who is the playoff fraud. Fraud and or fraud? Yeah. Yes, it's the box, we'll see you next way. time. So long, it's sweetie. All right. See ya, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.